Hi everybody, welcome to another Chats with Chaudhry. I'm delighted today to be joined by John Johnson, who works at NSF International Health Sciences. And today we're going to be talking about a very topical subject, which is drug shortages. So, John, how are you, mate? Really good. Yeah, really good. It's a pleasure to be here, Rizwan. Yeah, well, the last time I saw you was actually in Frankfurt in November when we were at CPHI, when I was doing a little video at your booth. And a lot has changed since then, hasn't it, mate? Yeah, quite a lot, I would say. I think we've all, been, uh, we've all been adjusting to the facts and politics coming from this global pandemic, haven't we? We certainly you know, have. We're all trying to work out ways of staying healthy and happy and try and keep our businesses thriving or surviving. But it's, it's been a, an amazing, unprecedented time, hasn't it? It has, yeah. A lot of companies have had to adapt now to the, mm -hmm. the new norm, as they say. So, look, before we start talking about the whole issue around drug shortages, I think it would be quite useful for people who are not familiar with NSF International for you to give us a very quick overview of the business and also your role within that. Yeah, sure. We're, uh, we're a multi-divisional global uh, enterprise, really, that... Uh, looks at making transformational change across a number of areas, including pharma biotech, medical devices, dietary supplements, food. And my part in it is I'm a vice president in the health sciences division. So most of the work I do these days is really turning around companies that are struggling to adapt, perhaps struggling to evolve, struggling to prepare for GMP regulatory inspections, or just trying to improve the performance of their business. Right, okay. So today we're talking about drug shortages. So perhaps we can talk about what are the main factors as to why the industry is experiencing drug shortages at the moment? Oh, I could talk about this for at least an hour. There's sure so many <laughs> different reasons for it. But if I picked out the top four. Sure. And what's interesting about the top four, I think, is that one of them is, of course, to do with COVID and the other three predate COVID. So the first one, of course, is that our supply chains now are so complex. They're very fragmented. Um, and of course, uh, we're increasingly relying on just in time. So we don't necessarily have the safety stocks that we used to hold, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. There's also um, a sense that there's a lot of legacy facilities out there that maybe have not been invested in as well as they should have been. And this is leading to GMP issues and non-compliances and resulting in regulatory action. I mean, it's interesting, Rizwan, the number of FDA warning letters in the last five years has gone up fivefold. Right, okay. Which, which is, you know, really disappointing for the industry as a whole and really is telling you something about what's happening. Um, we're also seeing an awful lot of legacy thinking. You know, there's still a lot of pharmaceutical companies that are doing pharmaceutical quality management because they have to rather than because it's a good idea right and okay. not necessarily knowing the know why they're doing it rather than just the know how so really um a lot of the issues that have led to these uh, drug shortages are legacy issues now obviously that's been compounded by the supply chain restrictions during the covid pandemic isn't it yeah of course it is. yeah sure i mean one question you brought about the fda letters though has that been sort of located in sort of one continent or one country i'm not asking you to sort of pinpoint or blame anybody in particular but are you seeing you know more of a spotlight in certain regions of the world than others yes but you know we have to recognize that there's some regions of the world that make a lot more pharmaceuticals than they used to and they're also subject to a lot more regulatory inspection than they used to um, so we have to we have to embrace that change and we have to work out ways of, of helping those organizations and locations be the best version of themselves they possibly can 
Right, okay. And what impact is this having on global healthcare? Well, I read something a little while ago that there was um, roughly in three months last year, ending last August, around 21% of all prescription drugs were in shortage in the USA. 21%. So, you know, people in real need of help and not getting the treatment they really deserve. And, and that's really what we're there for, isn't it? We're here to supply safe, efficacious, GMP compliant pharmaceuticals. And, you know, in some cases, the industry is really struggling. Right. Okay. So what are the regulatory agencies doing then alongside the industry to tackle it? I mean, you talked about the, the warning letters, but what are the regulatory agencies doing? Well, I think since about 2016, all of the major agencies have had um, white papers or guidance about drug shortage. And I think FDA and EMA have taken the lead on this, been very proactive in making it a priority that firms manage their risk better. They look at business continuity planning better, that they fundamentally review the way they manage their supply chains. And... Um, there's only actually only so much the regulatory agencies can do. It's really in the hands of the license holders, isn't it? Yeah, sure. So how can organizations help themselves then to try and alleviate these drug shortages? Yeah, I think it's all about proactivity. Right. It's all about developing relationships across global supply chains is all about trying to preempt issues and have some sort of continuity plan when issues occur. You know, whether those issues are to do with big environmental hazards like we had with a tsunami in Japan, you know, a few years ago, or whether it's to do with um, resources or politics or riots or whatever it may be, we have to work out ways of being able to respond to those things as quickly as possible. You know, there's a great case study of companies like J&J &J and Amgen who responded so well to Hurricane Maria in uh, Puerto Rico and they were able to continue supply even during you know a tragic event like that so it can be done right okay and one thing I was going to ask you is that obviously looking ahead hopefully uh, a vaccine will be found for COVID uh, that will obviously have an impact on the supply chain particularly with uh, the volume that needs to be produced and then distributed. So how do you think that will further impact drug shortages? I mean, do you think that'll have an, a negative impact on existing drug supplies or how do you think that will plan, pan out? At least from what we're seeing ourselves, because we're working with a number of uh, the companies that are, are in this field, from what we're seeing, the capacity is either there or very easily transformed and made available. Right. So the impact on uh, the availability of other drugs should be actually pretty minimal. So it needs managing, but I wouldn't say it was a major concern, to be honest, Rizwan. Right. OK. So looking ahead, I know you've got um, a webinar coming up on this very topic. So uh, when is it and what can people expect to find out or what will it cover really within the webinar? Sure. Well, I'm writing it just now, actually, uh, <laughs> on the 8th of September. Uh, you can register on the NSF.org uh, website. And uh, as much as I'm going to go through the reasons for um, uh, drug shortages and the effects it's having on the industry and the perception of the general public of our industry as a whole. One of the main things I think that'll be most interesting to people is how is this going to affect the way the regulators interact with us? How is this going to affect the scope and content of regulatory inspections? 
And you know, how, are we going to see a different set of questions coming from the regulators, given the fact that they pretty much have made drug shortages a number one priority? Right. Okay. Well, if people would like to register for that webinar, as John said, there is a link, and that link will be added to this post above the video, so you'll be able to click on that and register for the webinar. If you've got any comments about what John said today or would like to contribute some questions for the webinar, I'm sure we'll be delighted to have those, then feel free to put them in the comments box below the video. Um, and all that stuff for me to say, John, I appreciate taking the time out, mate, to um, tell me a little bit more about the drug shortages and about the webinar. So thank you very much. Always good to see you. Thank you very much, Rizman. Yeah, and Thank you. And I know you've got white paper actually out as well uh, on this, so I'll put a link to the white paper in, in the post as well. Um, oh, and um, viewers, as I say always, um, if you do find this useful, please click on the link, please put a comment on the post. It'd be great to get your feedback on what's been said today. And until next time, as always, stay well and stay safe. Bye bye. <laughs>